Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Welcome to Nurses Out Loud, Friday edition with Nurse Michelle. Today, I am going to bring to you all a human interest story of a journey through the last couple of years with a family that was in Texas when COVID all went down and ended up spending time in New Jersey and are officially Texas people again. But it is a journey that maybe matches a lot of your own journeys out there of how did you navigate what happened to our country during 2020 through 2024? And, you know, how are you looking at what's going to happen moving forward from where you are right now? Like whatever new outbreak comes, do you feel ready this time? Are you as afraid as you were last time? And what's going to help you navigate through this next season that it looks like they're, um, promising us is coming during 2024, being that it's an election year. And if you all recall, in 2020, it was an election year and things were already going on very politically charged. And next thing we know, we have a pandemic virus that's going around and we all got bamboozled by this thing called covid and the warp speed group and all of a sudden every single day your president on the tv and the public health authorities every single day on the television and many of us are ready to just move on from this and say oh why do we want to even talk about this anymore well there's a really important reason why we want to because we are destined to repeat the same mistakes if we don't really know where we came from where we've been and where we're going. It does matter. We do. We all have children. Most of us do, or we are in the influences. We have the ability to influence other people who do have children, but it is the next generation. Um, somebody was commenting on the tunnels that were found under a Jewish organization's facility in New York City just this last week. And and they were saying, is it a child trafficking place? You know, what kind of thing is it? And my thought was, well, if you are a Holocaust survivor, it wouldn't be surprising to think that grandma might have told you that if you ever have a mind to do it, you might want to have a hideout somewhere in your home or a tunnel or somewhere to get people out safe because look what happened in Nazi Germany. And so I just assumed it was people being hyper prepared, like the mega preppers. They got tunnels to get themselves out of there this time. But I don't know what it'll end up showing out to be. But every house I've ever owned, I've always felt like I had to have some kind of preparedness thought of if in an emergency, is there anywhere in this house that could protect us if we had to hide? When I lived in Alabama, it was all about um, I found out very quickly every time I looked at a new house, people said, oh, well, this one has a, a storm shelter. Oh, this one doesn't have a tornado shelter. And I finally asked the real estate agent, 
Um, is there something I need to know about Huntsville, Alabama? Why are you all telling me about tornado shelters? And apparently Huntsville, Alabama being surrounded by mountains actually was a trap for um, tornadoes. It can just bounce around inside those mountains. And sure enough, tornadoes were a major problem in that area. So it mattered that your house had a plan for tornadoes. So we all are looking at going forward post 2020 era. How is it we're going to be prepared going forward? And I think the way to be prepared is to look at how our friends, our neighbors, and ourselves dealt with the way we handled a world pandemic in 2020. So because I have an Instagram platform with uh, over 30,000 people that follow me there, and I get a lot of conversation with people in the background on what's called DM, direct messaging, I will find out a lot of people's interesting stories and tragic stories and they're all very interesting in some way or another. And today, who I'm bringing on with me is Kara. And she's going to tell us, you know, what it was like to be herself and her husband and whatever group of kids they still had in their lives at home going through the COVID pandemic and how they navigated it and some of their interesting stories and insights. So welcome to the show, Kara for coming on Nurses Out Loud today. I'm glad to have you here. I'm glad to know you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> glad so, to be here. Yeah, when y'all, you were you worked with kids, but your kids had just launched. If I'm not mistaken, you told me that you have a couple of kids and they had launched. And what year was it that your kids launched? Oh, um, I'm not really, uh, that was... I didn't really look at those dates, but, but was it 2020 were, or had it been well before that? Uh, well, one was, it was, it was a little bit before that I had one that I had at the time of 2020, I had one daughter who just started college and the other one was on her senior year. So oh, she had to graduate uh, college. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. So they were both off at different schools when COVID hit. And were they in the same state with you in Texas? They were in Texas, but okay. one was in San Antonio. The other one was in Austin. So. Okay. And y'all lived in the general Houston area? Yes. Okay. So here you are living in the free state of Texas, but that's, yeah. you were not native to that area. So you were native to New Jersey. Is that correct? You and your husband? Yes, we were we both went to high school and college and met in New Jersey in college. Okay. So, so what moved y'all to Texas? My husband's job. It was the type of job where we could move, where we moved from time to time for different, you know, we lived in Massachusetts a little bit. We lived in, we lived in Katy, Texas. And then we, well, first we lived in Katy, Texas. Then we lived in Massachusetts. Then we moved back to Katy, Texas in 2013. And we were there through the whole COVID, like since 2013. And that's when my girls graduated high school in Texas and then went on to uh, college. Okay. <clears throat> so here you had kids that were off in college. So there's quite a bit that your family gets exposed to. So here you are in 2020. Did, was your husband's job outside of the home prior to COVID? Uh, no, it was, he, you know, he had to go 
like it was a nine to five office job. Okay. So when COVID hit, did he suddenly have to be brought home to be an employee from home? Yes. The whole, uh, the whole place went, the whole office shut down and everybody in that general area of his particular office was virtual after that. And then, you know, it just stayed that way until once, no, I guess November of, of 2020 happened, they got the notification that they were just going to stay virtual. And that was that. So he was like, November of 2020, they told him we're going to stay vir- uh, virtual. Yes. Yeah. So he's been working virtual since then. Yep. Okay. So that is one of the original unusual things that all of us started happening. So you have kids, they, they announced to us in the spring of 2020 that, you know, the world's going whack and your kids are away at college in their spring, your daughter's one of your daughter's first year and mm-hmm. your other daughter's last year. How, what, how did that affect them? Were they going to, did the colleges keep them on campus? Oh, no, they, they had to come home and finish off their, well, one had to finish off her semester, her last semester at home. And uh, that was just such a, we, I mean, the graduation was done virtual. It was such a, you know, it, we made it nice. We had a good time, but it wasn't like a regular graduation and, and, you know, everything was virtual. Yeah. And then the other, my other daughter, well, she went, she finished off her semester at home as well. And, um, but she was in, uh, she was in, uh, university, U T San Antonio. She was in, um, what was it? It's the U T San Antonio, uh, but she wanted to get to UT. So all she wanted to do was get through, like she had to keep her GPA up and get, you know, a certain GPA. Then she'd automatically be able to go to the UT University of Texas, Austin the next year. So, yeah. So then she was starting in Austin on her second year of after finishing her first semester virtual The fall of 2020, she was going to her sophomore year at the uh, San Antonio University of Texas. And yeah, no, she she got transferred over to University of Texas, Austin in the fall of 2020. She got to go. Yeah, she got to go to that school as a sophomore. Okay, so but she, that stayed virtual too. All of it was virtual. <laughs> so she was on campus, but not by that time. Like we got through the summer of um, 2020. 2020. And then she started her fall of 2020. And you got to be on campus, but you weren't going to school. It was kind of like, hey, we still want your money for tuition and like living on campus, but you're not, not going to get the experience. The yeah. I had, um, I, I had three <laughs> kids that graduated in their high school altogether in May of 2020. And they have been looking so forward to being the class of 2020. They had always been the three musketeers in the middle. One of them, my daughter was younger than them, but she was uh, academically ahead of them. And so she graduated with her actual college degree before she got her high school diploma. 
And wow. here she graduated. They all three graduated in t- May of 2020. And the college finally let them have a march because they had two of them had gotten their um, college degrees. And the, it's going to go down in history because, I mean, the seats are all six feet apart, spread out all yes. over a gym floor. And when they march up front to go get their diplomas, I'll have to look back and see, did they make them stand six feet apart in line? Because I think they did not, that they had to leave their six foot chairs to go get in line, um, not six feet apart to go up there in all this fresh air, right? Um, to right. go. Oh, yeah. well, it was outside too. <laughs> it's just the absurdity of it all is just so crazy. Oh, yeah. Needless to say, the class of 2020 was a dud year to be graduating, even though it sounds awesome to be the first year that it's not the 19 anythings, it's 2020. So that sounded so, um, you know, instead of 2019 or any of the teens, we are, we're hitting this special year that sounded so incredible, but it wasn't. And mm-hmm. then in 2020, that's when the vaccine warp speed was being made throughout that summer. And then they launched it by December of 2020, but none of the mandates happened until the next fall. So here your girls going to college, having to pay for um, dorm living. My son that went to a state college, just like your daughters, paid for the dorm, Mm -hmm. had to do all of his classes virtually from his dorm, couldn't leave his dorm without his mask on, couldn't walk outside without his mask on. But his sister who was in a private Christian college about, um, 20 minutes away from him, she would get to have complete freedom, no masks, no mm. dates, nothing required on her at all. It was a wonderful experience where his was completely a different experience altogether. Yeah. It sounds like your girls were in the state college of getting what he got, the same kind of experience. So here we go. Y'all did not get sick in 2020, but you're watching the world um, go crazy. Mm-hmm. And there's the talk of the vaccine that comes out in December of 2020. How mm-hmm. soon did anybody start talking about, are we going to get it? Not going to get it? That kind of thing. Um, well, I wasn't even, it was no way I was going to get that thing because I knew at least that it wasn't researched enough. And, um, I was just no way going to get it. I mean, there was no question at that point. What about your spouse? How was he feeling about it originally? We were just not interested in it at all. We were like, we, cause Texas didn't really, um, propagandize you. <laughs> yeah. We were like, I was working out and I was like, you know, feeling really self, uh, self empowered that I could get, I'm just going to, you know, follow vitamins, you know, take some supplements and be a healthy person and just, I'm going to fight it. And, you know, I'm not, there's no way I'm going to take that thing. It doesn't sound like they are sitting there in state colleges. They're probably get, you know, it just comes out in December, 2020. I don't think your average college student gives a flying rip about anything really going on in the culture, meaning um, they're not worried about it. They're just enjoying that they're in college and nobody's well, dating them yet. So were they pretty, how were they responding during? Well, the- by the, yeah, by that time, what, what, since, you know, since it rolled out in December, think about that. She, my one daughter was graduated. My, the one that was in school was, uh, was already finishing her semester pretty much. Well, she caught it. She actually caught COVID that fall of, of her sophomore year. 
she got COVID and got over it. And so when it came time for her, like it, it just wasn't, you don't need it. You already had COVID. So for her, that was like, I'm not going to get a vaccine because I already got COVID. And so that was luckily, that was wonderful. That was her matter of fact view. Like, why would I get it? Yes. Okay. So how about graduated daughter that went ahead and graduated in December? She went, yeah, she, she did it without telling me and you know, it upset me a lot. Like I, it was offered. She was doing, she was already graduated. She was working in a school um, and they offered it for free. So why not? It's for free. So, you well, know, she did, she feel, did she have a problem with it when it get, did she have any complications with it at all? No, not, not, a, not as far as I can see in any way. Well, yeah. I met, but, I met, a, I go to a, a, a a church that has a lot of college students because it's uh, very near a major university. And that particular, when I run into students that are there, they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, of course I got it. You know, it's just like any other vaccine. So they, Mm -hmm. they, in their own young minds and let's just say the truth of it, uneducated on the topic minds. Mm -hmm. It's just, what's difference does it make? Mom brought me to all these pediatrician checkups all my life and got me vaccines. It's just another vaccine, right? So there's yeah. nothing probably in their minds because the culture doesn't really talk about it. There's something about vaccines in general that are just like water. It's a given. Of course, you're going to get your vaccines. Of course, when you go to your checkups, you're getting your vaccines. Right. So somebody all of a sudden says, hey, new young girl and new job, you know, we're giving away free vaccines. Oh, yeah, sure. All, everybody else is getting it. Why wouldn't I? Yeah, the world did seem to shut down. It looks like a big deal. I should d- go do it. Yes. Sadly, um, that is what happened with a lot of people. So she didn't have any complications. That's good to hear. Mm-hmm. And now we're in Jan. Let's say we move into January. Well, let's just talk for a minute for in January throughout 2020. Did you feel like were y'all in a neighborhood where you felt like, okay, we're not walking anymore? Everybody's kind of not coming out of their houses. We're not oh, no. what was it like for you? People were we were we were all like helpful and nice to each other. It wasn't like that at all. People were not walking around in masks and in the fresh air. No. And we were like and doing normal shopping or were you ordering food? Well, there wasn't for, I don't know how long it was, but there was a point where like you couldn't go into stores, you know, like there, I remember I couldn't go shopping like, um, uh yeah i know you could go to foods places you could get food and i remember we did order some foods i can't remember if that was like all through the all through that summer or whether it was just that first month remember they were like first it was two weeks and then it turned into a month right i think it was stuff like that and then i do remember i loved the fact that there was no traffic (laughs) <laughs> like yeah, I can get right. on the car and just drive and nobody's going to bother me. And then um, we all get through the election and it's all this fiasco uh, about the election. And then the next thing you know, it's January, 2021 and it's time yeah. for the inauguration of a new president who said yeah. he's not going to mandate the vaccine. So how did right. 2021 unveil for y'all? Because I, your daughter is the only one who got COVID at this point. How did 2021 look for you all? I think you said you were like me and you, y'all sold your house that year and a lot of things changed. That's right. Um, when we, when the, my husband's job went virtual, we decided we don't really 
and both our daughters were now in cities in Texas that were like several hours away. We didn't have a lot of, we didn't have any family in Katie other than them. So we were like, let's, let's go find another house and downsize. And um, so we did, but the house that we were looking at wasn't ready until September because it was being built. And so when did it sell? When did, didn't your house sell fast as well in 2021? Yeah, it sold in like four days. In, in, our was, pre-talk, in our pre-talk, we were saying, uh, some people may not have known this, but we listed our house because it was insanely high value at that time to mm-hmm. sell my house. My house mm-hmm. sold for basically as double the value that I paid for it. And my house sold in four hours. And when you when your house sells that fast and you're trying to find a house, it's really right. almost impossible. So you were right. in the same twig. So what was your solution for being homeless? <laughs> well, since we both, it was getting to be summertime and we had a family in New Jersey, we just decided we're, we'll go stay in New Jersey with my, with our family members and spend the summer up there. And then when the house is ready, we'll just drive back to Texas. <clears throat> so that's what we did. Okay. Um, so when you ended up in New Jersey, that was hometown, mm-hmm. you were going to stay with family or what? What did y'all do? Well, we were going to stay with my in-laws, but they had really we wanted to help them, you know, for the purpose of helping them and being support because they were very much like they weren't, they, they were, one was going through chemo. The other one had congestive heart failure. And so it was a lot of work to take them to different doctor's appointments and all these helping them and just in, and day to day stuff. So we thought, okay, we will, we'll move in and stay with you guys because that's where we usually stayed when we would visit on holidays and they were like we love it we'd love for you to come so we thought we would do that but once this covid mandate or this shot was such a you know a lot of people up there are in such fear i mean they did a really good job in new jersey and new york i mean to scare the bejesus out of people you know so they were of the mind that we should get vaccinated, even if they were vaccinated, it didn't matter. So they wanted us to vaccinate as well. So, and you were already very opinionated against that idea. So yeah. did your husband end up feeling like that was something he would do for his parents? Yeah, he did. He did do it for his parents. And luckily he's not injured in any way that that's, I can really put my finger on and yeah. so it looks like I think it's Dr. McCullough here on America Out Loud who you had been following you'd already been listening to Dr. McCullough you'd already found America Out Loud and Nurses Out Loud you were a podcast person that had already found all this so you had been exposing yourself to a lot of the good teaching that's out there uncensored mm-hmm. and you already had formed your opinions about it he on the other hand was not opposed to doing it you had a daughter who'd already done it and things had gone okay for her when she did it. Mm-hmm. So he did it. And then y'all are now living with your parents because you're not vaccinated. So they don't really want you to probably be there. Did they even let you come to their home? They did. They they let me come in. 
so I would just, you know, kind of stay away from them, you know, keep away from them. And I think I was wearing a mask at the time in the house when I would go visit them. And that's what they requested. Is that how they wanted it to be? You know, they were just, they were going through a lot, Michelle. I mean, they were fragile. It sounds like they weren't like that. They weren't that bad about it in person, you know? Um, but yeah, I, my mother-in-law was going through some really bad, she was on chemotherapy and then she vaccinated and she um, wound up with this neuropathy, like what she went through. And this is the last chemo treatment that when she went downhill, she handled all the other chemo treatments. And then when she got her last dose, this thing went out. She just like couldn't even walk. I mean, she was in bad shape. And so. Oh, wow. So she really does count as a vaccine injury. It sounds like like she, that's a very common. Way, but I feel yeah, and actually some of the, the LifeWave patches that we're getting on with people getting them on, some of them are um, helping with that. But other people, the vaccine has also caused like a reactivation of like what if they ever had shingles or herpes virus in their body. That's one of the symptoms it presents like is uh, neuropathy. So it'd be interesting. Oh, yeah. She's a herpes reactivation syndrome or not that may have already had shingles somewhere in her past and it flared it back up. Who knows? Did she I don't know. You don't know? I know my father-in-law had shingles, but I don't know if she ever did, but, he but I know she doesn't have a, sorry. He didn't, he didn't have a complication, just her. Yes. Right. Okay. So and when we come back, we're coming close to the break now. So when we come back after the break, we will pick back up of how the journey continued for Kara's family through the 2020 to 2024 pandemic. But I want to remind everybody to be sure to check out the America Out Loud store because that's where you're going to find the sponsor for America Nurses Out Loud, which is ASEA. And if most of you know that we've been uh, boasting on how much amazing it is, especially with the Renew 28 gels, been my miracle gel throughout the recovery from my hip surgery. I'm amazed at what it can do and keep me away from Tylenol, ibuprofen, et cetera. So I'm so thankful for that. For that. And then also, additionally, I have been doing their powdered drinks as well. So be sure if you haven't ever tried their powdered drinks, they have energy, mood, and um, the energy. My son always makes sure he takes one before he goes and plays his games. And for those of you that out there that feel like you have any kind of mood uh, modulation issues, you might want to try the Mood ASEA powder and see what it does for you and your mood. And we'll be back in just a moment. It's time and this is This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. 
Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Well, the out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. AmericaOutloud.news was an idea a movement, a place where folks would feel comfortable speaking the truth without being censored or canceled. The First Amendment is alive and well. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud. I have with me Kara, who is here with me talking about her journey through COVID with herself, her husband, her in-laws and her parents, and her two daughters through uh, the 2020 to 2024 era that we've all come through. And they had just had, they've just sold their house really fast because that's what happened in 2021 is houses were being snapped up especially in the free states of Texas and Georgia. For some reason, people just wanted to flood our states. And you think, okay, well, what is it you like about our state? Is it because we have so much freedom? Well, okay, make sure to vote according to freedom now that you've moved here, because that's what made us a wonderful state to grow come to. And I'm sure you feel the same way in Texas. So here we are, and um, the hus- her husband and one of her daughters had decided to get the vaccine and her daughter had already gotten it. And her husband um, decided to get it after they moved to New Jersey. And he had only just like uh, 75% of the American population only got the first two jabs. And a unique thing that we, a pattern that I noticed in 2021 was that when the vaccine was rolling out and there was so much propaganda and pressure on everybody to do it, it's the men mostly that were working outside the homes that were having so much pressure. And my husband worked for a major international company and he had worked for home for two, 10 years on tele um, telework. 
And we were shocked when his company actually put the pressure on him to say, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter if you work from home, you still have to be vaccinated. And I'm a nurse and I'm pretty logical thinking. And I'm like, because that makes so much sense, right? He right. doesn't come into the company. He's at home. He has no reason to come into the company several states away. Why would we mandate it? So we, of course, filled out a religious exemption and I made sure it was 12 pages long so they would get educated after they read it. But he had to do that. But he he actually, even though he was Nurse Michelle's spouse, said, yeah. Michelle, I'm going to have to do it. And I'm like, that kind of phrase did not compute with me. Now, mm -hmm. did your husband experience some kind of um, like social pressures or experiences because he was the main provider that made him feel like maybe it would be better to get the vaccine? Um, like mask mandates and or th like it was if you really about our location and where we were living at the time. That really was the thing that sealed the deal. Um because he was around his parents and that was really the, the guilt and the mental anguish they put like that you're getting constantly bombarded up there with TV and uh, all of that commentary, all of that narrative is just, it's never ending. It was awful. I mean, we, it was so bad that like you're going to kill grandma if you didn't get Yes. Yes. So was he facing any mass mandates at that point in that in New Jersey? Were y'all facing the mass? Like were there people? Um, or they, they just in? lifted it. Everything was like we were there right at the beginning of the end of the where they lifted it up for the summer. So everybody was so excited and want like we're out of it. We're gonna be normal. And that and and then it but but then there was this Delta thing coming and everybody needs to be more scared. You know, it was this whole, like, yeah. just as everything was getting, the, the fog was lifting, the winter was going away and everybody was going to be outside and enjoy this great, wonderful weather of the, of the summer. And then it was, but wait, there's this bad, bad Delta variant now. Yeah, I remember, I'm not sure if you remember, Dr. Geert Vandenbosch came out in 2020 and he said, if we put a weapon out into the public that we mass vaccinate mm -hmm. while the virus is still present in the atmosphere, we mm -hmm. are essentially propelling, he says, pressuring the virus to force it to evolve into a more aggressive version of itself for its own survival. Mm -hmm. So. Delta was speculated to be that virus. And sure enough, all through 2021, after the rollout of the vaccine, the people I had been taking care of prior, several months prior, were not actually, um, they were not as sick as what happened in 2021. 2021 people, all yeah. ages were very vulnerable. People were ending up in the hospital with significant oxygen saturations being low. Right. If you're listening and you do not have a pulse oximeter in your home. I do have an Amazon store. I'll put the link in my show notes that you can go get yourself a 15 to $20 pulse oximeter because this particular virus was unique to causing oxygen um, to go low in people's breathing. So that was what made them very vulnerable. And they ended up in hospitals. And sometimes by the time they finally showed up in the hospitals, they were already on day seven to 10. They hadn't done any early treatment. Mm -hmm. But by this time, you had been doing your research. And by this time, um, your husband had at least gotten one. So 
you y'all end up with your second back. He ends up getting his second vaccine mm -hmm. and not long after his second vaccine, if I'm not mistaken, what happened to your family is the same thing that happened to millions of people all over the country. Um, the stories went like this. Um, grandma and grandpa finally got their vaccine and they said we could finally come over and see them. And all these people are finally being allowed to come back into the lives of their relatives because they those relatives finally felt safe to have their family around them. And what happened instead was these unvaccinated family members got around the newly vaccinated people. And the next thing we know, the whole the families were breaking out with COVID. So what happened with y'all right after the vaccines? Did it did it prove true in y'all's situation as well? Um, I mean, I don't I never drew that like that line from that to my husband getting vaccinated to because I was with him all the time during oh. his vaccines. So I'm not sure I'm I'm not gonna make that correlation, uh, but I mean people all over that area all our fa the family gatherings we had we always did a week in cape may we were you know running around being around people um yeah we're 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 i'm more and more exposed to more and more vaccinated people so i'm not going to say that it was necessarily him right. but like accumulations of it uh possibly you know there's still i mean they they don't want to talk about that they just kept saying it's gonna everybody get this or and you'll stop this virus well you didn't stop it and then they turn around and say oh it's not really gonna stop it it's gonna make you feel less sick so you don't wind up in the hospital what that that didn't that didn't I mean that didn't happen how, how do you know so let me ask you this. So um, did of the three intimate people near you at the time, your husband and your in-laws, how did they all respond to the vaccine? Did they have any problems? Well, I don't believe that my mother-in-law did too well with her vaccine experience because she wound up, you know, she was also undergoing chemotherapy at the time. And I thought it was horrible that, um, anybody, any doctor would even consider when you're already on chemo, you're already immunocompromised as it is. Right. Why would you inject that into, you know, recommend that, but she wanted it and she got it. And, um, so she got the two shots and then finished her last round of chemo. And that last round was like the one that really, that made it, made her never be the same. I mean, she, she wound up languishing on the couch and not sleeping for like weeks. And, um, and she fell a couple of times and she wound up with neuropathy and she has it to this day. Okay. That's so. sad to hear that. Now, did anybody break out with COVID that summer of 2021? Uh, no, um, that nobody around us had COVID. Nope. And so when and, did y'all get COVID? When did y'all finally get COVID for yourself, uh, for your daughter? Short, yeah, my daughters were now off in Texas. So it was just my husband and I, you know, and um, in August. And we were about to, we had a week left in New Jersey before we were going to let leave, to drive back to Texas. And then we had 
a whole month of an Airbnb in Texas before our house would be ready at the end of September, early October. So I started to, my mother started to come down with um, who wasn't vaccinated. She started with a tickle in her throat. The next day it turned into a fever. I was like, you better go get tested. When I woke up that morning, um, I had told my husband the day before, don't come home, even with the tickle in the throat. So she went and got tested that day. I stayed outside in the garage. I wouldn't, you know, go in, but I had basically been in the house with her. And um, I didn't know if I had been exposed or had had it yet. So it takes like three to four days to manifest it, symptoms of it. So then um, you have yeah, the like, testing dilemmas of 2021. There probably were still delays. So what kind of yes. tests did you face? So she did the, she went and got a PCR at her local drugstore and it takes about two to three days of time to get the answer. And so being that I was there when she came, had the fever, I don't know how much exposure I had. So then my husband had to put me up in a hotel because I had nowhere to go. I didn't want to be with my mom in case I was safe. You know, like I didn't want to get exposed. And then I didn't want to go around other people. If I, I didn't know where I was. I was in limbo for three yeah, days. People forget that 2020 and 2021, though there was a rapid COVID test, most people were stuck with either three to seven day tests. Well, if you don't, if nobody's telling you there's an early treatment method you're supposed to be using right. in seven days to get a result, you're already seven days post even dealing with what needed to be done to keep you from uh, progressing into a worse situation. And what I tell people is at the first sign of a scratchy throat, it doesn't matter what you think it is. You spray yourself some 1% iodine into your no your throat or nose, or you start the gargling process immediately. You do not wait for the results to come back. And in that, that wasn't really being allowed to be gotten out to the public like it should have been. ENT should have been on TV and radio and everything telling people about nasal oral sanitation. Now, at this point in the game, how much did you know? Like, had you found the FLCCC or any options for how to attack the virus when that day came? I heard about the FLCC and it was like, it was not as easy to work with at the time. They didn't have the nice format that they have now where they have all these nice protocols and booklet. Like if you go in there now, it's really nice. Right. Um, they have all different protocols if you're like for all different situations. So um, I prevent, I, I, so the I, I recover. I recover, yeah. I prevent. I recover. I, right. So I, I didn't have that. I thought I was doing the right thing. I was, I loved to neti pot. I was always a big fan of nettying before this whole COVID thing. So I'm like, I'm just going to do that and take my vitamins. I wasn't taking the right quantity of vitamin D because it wasn't Dr. Fauci left that out of his, uh, all of his, fancy talking points yeah, he never mentioned that he was taking it right yeah and when he finally did actually have that conversation first he'd already played down the insignificance of it and honestly i had already shared on my instagram the importance of making sure you have the room ventilated and that you get outside and get fresh air and sunshine and the who mm -hmm. came out and said that the, the fresh air and sunshine 
don't cure COVID. And it was like so dumb. It's like nobody was saying it could cure COVID. We were saying right. that curing a respiratory virus, it would be wise to ventilate your room. And now finally, four years later, the CDC website actually does talk about the importance of ventilating the sick person's room. And what exactly. I want people to do is, you know, just crack your window open a little bit. Doesn't matter what time of year it is. And just put a fan blowing the air in there out because what can happen is called re-inoculation. You're basically re-inhaling everything you're hacking out and it's in the atmosphere when you could be actually ventilating your house and getting it out. Once upon a time, we used to have um, attic fans in a house. And, and I believe that attic fans are definitely a thing of the South that mm -hmm. it was the best thing as a kid. I love staying in houses that had attic fans because we'd have our windows cracked and the attic fan would run through the night and the cool or slightly warm, cool air of the summer nights would mm -hmm. blow over your bodies through the night. And I mean, that would be the answer for you just had a respiratory virus. Now turn on the attic fan, suck all that air out of the house. But right. those people don't have those anymore. They have that up in the Northeast too. They, a lot of homes weren't even air conditioned, you know, like right. up there. So people did do that, but not, not around me, not at that so, point. When did you find out about the iodine nasal and oral um, benefits? Oh gosh, I just FLCCC that taught you that first. Is yeah, that, that wasn't until well after. I mean, I was hearing you guys talking about it. I think, I think it was April once who mentioned I make my own, and I'm like, oh, how do you go make your own? I love that. I want to learn how to do that. So nurse April oh. that she's talking about used to be here on the show and she comes yes. from time to time and the DIY version of povidone iodine nasal and oral cleanse is one cup of saline to five teaspoons of povidone iodine. And you'll, and you can get um, nasal glass bottles that I have them on my Amazon store, but you can get them on Amazon anywhere and you just make it up in advance. It is advisable to keep it in the fridge because it does, ha it doesn't have any, um, what do you call them? The things that make things preservatives in it to mm -hmm. make sure it stays preserved. And if you leave it out on the counter, is it going to grow? So I tell people try to make, don't ever let your, your concoction of your DIY go longer than 30 days. Just start fresh every 30 days. It's very affordable to make, but of course the store-bought version is out there now because you can get Copix and Immune Mist that are out there that make a 1% iodine nasal and oral cleanse. And uh, the America Out Loud store has that there for people to choose. But just knowing that, I remember um, seeing April do the video of how people made it. And I teach people instead of making um, like a small shot glass a day, I teach people how to make a mason jar of it and just keep that mason jar in the fridge and just keep refilling your nasal um, spray mm -hmm. thing, and you can buy a mouth spray thing and, and do that or gargle. And I've had several patients who like to do the 1.5% hydrogen peroxide, like half of the mason jars full of water. And the other half is 3% hydrogen peroxide, which makes a 1.5% hydrogen peroxide mouthwash. Now, if you're yeah. making mouthwash, of course you can do the Listerine. You can, there's like three different things you can do. There's a Listerine and a scope that's out there that have eucalyptol and the scope has acetylpyridium chloride in it. But a homemade version is just like what I just said about the hydrogen peroxide 
or the same recipe I just gave for the iodine and just wash it out. And for the mouth, you don't need to make saline water. You can just use tap water. But for the nose, you always have to have saline combined with your povidone iodine. And no, povidone iodine is not the same thing as Lugol's iodine. And many of you hear me talk about Lugol's iodine and how important it is to have in your home so that when you do nebulize, you put a drop or two of Lugol's iodine in your saline so that it has an anti-infective, antiseptic benefit to your nasal pharynx. Now, did y'all nebulize at all through your first bout of COVID? Mm-mm. I had, um, well, I had a history of upper, like, bronchitis from bad uh, flu-like, you know, viruses and whatever. So what happens is I, I already had my on hand some Advair and albuterol because in the past I've had, you know, like I said, bad chest colds that just linger on and on after, you know, and then I wind up needing these inhalers. I need the fast inhaler and then the long-term one. Yes, I remember um, when the doctor, oh goodness, his name is escaping me. He's a Texas doctor for budesonideworks.com. Mm-hmm. And Richard Bartlett, he actually made it clear that the budesonide, nebulizing budesonide, which is a steroid, mm-hmm. is maybe the silver bullet for COVID. And it would take a year later after they censored him for that for them to come out and say, oh, look, if you if you nebulize budesonide in the first week of COVID, it reduces hospitalization by 90 percent. Who would yeah. have Well, all the smart doctors who knew their drugs, um, knew how to repurpose drugs that were already in existence. And the fortunate people who heard about that, that were not asthmatics, were mm-hmm. looking enough to get a doctor to order them some budesonide for nebulization as well. So y'all, mm-hmm. y'all make it through your COVID and you end up with, um, did the grandparents ever end up with COVID themselves? No, thankfully I could feel like, all right, I didn't give that to them. And cause that's, you know, how I, since it started, like the symptoms started with my mom and then me, mm-hmm. I was really scared that I gave it to my in-laws, but I never did. So I was sure. super glad. Yeah. Did your vaccinated husband get COVID when at the same time you did? Yeah. Well, when we, we finally made the call to drive down early to Texas because we had nowhere to stay up there. We're just not, we didn't know what we to do. So we just loaded up our car and took off back to Texas. And we spent like three days on the road in the car, like all, you know, he just drove and drove and it was inevitable. We actually uh, got all the flu years ago because uh, my sister tra- traveled down with all her children from Ohio, freezing cold weather to Georgia. And one of the children broke out with a pretty significant fever. And I don't know if she did this or not, but what we do immediately is you would ventilate that car because that mm-hmm. whole car became like this brewing station of the flu. Yeah. And by the they got there, by the third day after they got there, all of us started dropping like flies because their whole family had been infected just on the trip by the one. Right. And it's probably inevitable that your husband was going to get it too. But I think you said he did much better than you did, right? Yeah, he barely, it. he lost his sense of taste and smell for a couple of days. And then he barely coughed at all. And and then I was just in hell for a month, a literally a month. 
Yeah. And I had to go to the hospital a couple of times because I couldn't, I, my pulse oximeter dropped below 90 and I was like freaking out. And so he brought me to the, the local hospital here, but luckily they didn't admit me. They just kept, they kept sending me home and they, they weren't really helping me, but they would hook me up to their, like their machine or whatever. Pulse oximeter. And, yeah, but it was like much more by the, I don't know what it was by the time we got up in the, into the car and moving my body or whatever. I noticed that I would get, it was the worst when I had been like trying to lay down and sleep, like, and waking up in the morning, or even though I didn't really sleep, I had my worst low oxygen, blood oxygen in the morning. And then if I moved and got my body moving, I could get up right over 90 or at 90, you know? So it wasn't like I was, oh, she got to be admitted to the hospital. Well, let no. me address that for a moment because in my house, we had we got it in July, 2020 and nobody was vaccinated. Not not a single soul was vaccinated except the mm -hmm. trial people in, in July of 2020 because there was no release of the vaccine yet. And nobody in my house had had the vaccine. And I was a very high risk person. And I have a son with a pacemaker, but four kids and wow. two got it all at the same time. Well, everybody, including the pacemaker kid, all unvaccinated, were shooting basketball three days after they first got COVID. And wow. my husband, also not vaccinated, um, no big deal at all. He was fine with the uh, condition. It didn't cause him major illness. And I ended up in the COVID unit. So it's not really about where were you not vaccinated and he was. It's really about your constitutions and your already whatever pre-existing conditions. What made you, you already said you were an asthmatic. Um, yeah. So you had some vulnerability about your lungs and things like that. So it, overall, it looks like the vaccine didn't really keep people. It didn't keep people from getting it. It didn't keep people from staying out of the hospital. Many people still died after um, they got the vaccine with COVID. Mm -hmm. so, so we know that it still did that. And I think the science looks pretty evident that 75% of Americans who got the first two shots, only 13% actually came back for any more boosters. So the word, and there's another statistic out there that 80% of Americans know somebody who was who either had an adverse bad reaction to the vaccine or died from the vaccine. Mm -hmm. that may have contributed to why such a small percentage came back for any more of the boosters, but they're still promoting it as well. But thank yeah. you so much for sharing your story. I'm oh, so th thank you. And I'm so happy that you and I crossed paths and we got to hear a journey of the Texas to New Jersey 2020, <laughs> 2021 experience. And how families have been impacted. And Kara, thank you so much for sharing that with us today. Well, thank you. I enjoyed talking with you. <laughs> it has been I, hope my, I hope my Jersey attitude came through. <laughs> yes, it did. And my Georgia accent right alongside of you. So <laughs> thank you again. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you too. As we all look back and reflect on where we have been so that we know where we don't want to go in the future in the event of some new pandemic striking our country, it is important for us to not forget where we have been and know the human stories of how families navigated these last four years. The new normal is what was strange to you in 2020, like perhaps ordering your food from home, and now it's the new normal for you. While 2020 parents were just sending their kids off to college like everything was normal, 
we now know that others found their students trapped in mandates or else. Never again. Thanks to organizations like No College Mandates, we now have eyes on our colleges that behaved like communists. Those colleges that imposed restrictions that proved to offer nothing more than virtue signaling for the students. Students that were told they had to vaccinate or there would be mandatory masks imposed upon them every day. They landed in classes requiring masks for them anyways. They were lied to and deceived and they took risks with a medical product and some suffered greatly and the majority got COVID anyways. There is no medical product without risk. So weigh the risks for any future mandates carefully because you only have one body. The new normal is also athletes and influencers and movie stars and people that once upon a time we thought their opinions mattered. Now accept money from the biopharmaceutical complex to promote the latest booster. Perhaps they're all unaware that we have lost respect for them for doing so. And what America really wants is to enjoy the ball game and talk about the plays and the excellence or lack thereof of those on the field. The athletes that will stand out in history will be those that stood up and said no and fought for their own bodily autonomy and right to choose as an American. Kara's story is like so many of your own stories. We walked through it and figured it out as we went. Let us hear your stories. Send your stories and questions to nurses at americaoutloud.news. We are in a war for truth. And the truth is, we've all been changed since 2020. And it's good to be reminded that you're not alone in this journey. Until next week. It's time